HSBC Business Editions Minat. Hello and welcome to this series of podcasts hosted by HSBC in Minat. Over the course of this series, you'll be hearing from regional business owners, HSBC leaders and market experts on themes such as building back stronger from crisis, digital economies, future cities, outlooks and sustainability. My name is Sabrina Rahman. I'm the Managing Director and Head of Sustainability for HSBC for Europe and the Middle East. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to to be here with us at our roundtable on the topic of cities, societies, and mental health. We're joined today by an exciting panel of experts who will discuss social challenges um, in today's society that especially employees in our region face. In the past, we have, as an organisation, collaborated closely with Smart Life and Gombok, and we're very excited to see them both here to to share their experiences. So, I think it's fair to say that our cities have become the centre of our societies. More than eighty percent of global populations live in cities, and this is even more so the case in the Middle East, with some extreme examples, such as in Qatar and Kuwait, where nearly a hundred percent of the population is urban. And this brings both challenges and opportunities. This could be higher connectivity, which is a very positive thing, but also it brings other challenges to the forefront, whether it be commuting times, traffic, pace, pollution, which could also affect the well-being of those who dwell in cities. And companies can really play their part in their solution. And there are studies that show that there's strong and clear correlation between the satisfaction level of employees and their performance, especially in the within the companies that they、uh, work in. And we've seen that particularly over the last eighteen months with the COVID crisis. And it's also brought into sharp focus some of the other issues that perhaps were not readily spoken about, and that could be around loneliness, isolation. I'll now hand over to the experts.、Um, so Nia、uh, Salmanova,、uh, who's the Sustainability Ambassador of the Living Business Program, she will be moderating. So over to you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sabrin, and thank you to all our panelists for taking the time today to talk about their experiences in this area. So we have a lot of companies in the Living Business Program this year who have been really interested in the social pillar of ESG. So we have a lot of exciting topics we want to cover today. So let's get started with some introductions from the panelists, and then we'll jump right into the discussion. So maybe Tatiana, you can begin introducing yourself. So I'm Tatiana Antonelli. I'm the managing director and founder of Gumbuk.、Uh, it's a social enterprise we launched back in 2009. Gumbuk is to raise awareness about sustainability in the UAE and the wider region. To understand challenges and issues related to the region, and started back then with environmental challenges, and we started a tree planting program. We started creating awareness about plastic pollution. But throughout these past twelve years, we've been able then to you know move forward and look into the social aspect as well of sustainability. And now we offer advisory and consultancy services. To companies and government to help them either create more awareness within their companies, with their employees, with their stakeholders, or activate specific campaigns. Thank you, Tatiana Sarmad. On to you for a quick introduction as well. Sure. So I、uh, run Saya Health. We are a corporate wellness provider, and we do emotional and mental health for corporates across the region. Currently, we cover about thirty thousand employees in seven countries, and、uh, you know there is a great need, especially during after the pandemic. There's a direct relation between productivity, 
engagement and anyone's emotional health. So we help uh, employees sort of uh, get those tools. We've seen some uh, pretty cool results. Thank you so much. Uh, Manjul, would you like to say a few words as well? I represent uh, Smart Life. Smart Life is our NGO that is registered with the Community Development Authority, Dubai. And we work with a very unique segment of the population, the blue-collar workers, the laborers you see living in various labor accommodations in Dubai. There aren't too many NGOs that work with this particular vulnerable segment of the society. We are 13 years old, still counting. My name is Manjula Ramakrishnan. We can start off by talking quite generally about why the social pillar is important for a business's overall sustainability and why is it particularly at the forefront today? So Tatiana, maybe you would like to begin? First of all, when we talk about social, some people might think that for a company, for an enterprise, it is related only to the employees. But I think it's important also to understand that it goes beyond the company. It also talks about the different stakeholders, so customers, uh, supply chain. It really relates to the impact that a company has in the society. How can we help as a company? What is the social aspect? Well, it's the welfare of people, the opportunities we give uh, employees, the way we pay them, the way we make sure they are happy working, that they're respected. Also in the sustainable development goals, it's, it's about leaving no one behind in, in all senses. And I think all these things together really make us understand that we, we need to look at a global picture. As global citizens, it's not anymore about me being in the city, me being in a company. It's about how can we live together, work together, be healthy together and allow everyone to thrive. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Sarmad Manjula, would you like to add anything here? We find that I've always said this, and at the, at the first available opportunity, I keep repeating this. Smart Life is a very blessed NGO. In that, we have some amazing people around us who always come to help us help the blue-collar beneficiaries uh, we work with. But yes, the past 20 months have been very distressing, disturbing, and so possibly the urge to do more good has come into hold focus. And that's why you see that the, the social angle, the social responsibility angle from companies, both towards their own employees and to the society around, has become sharpened. Yes, yes definitely. Now we can move on to discussing some of the key social uh, challenges that companies may face, how these challenges can really affect overall business performance. So, Sarman, maybe you can start us off here since you work a lot around mental health, which we all know has become a key challenge today. I'll just give you a, uh, a very simple example, right? We have a sales employee who, after, you know, failure, once you, you know, you do a couple of sales and, and it's not working out, it starts to play on your mind, right? The same thing happens with any sportsman, right? Uh, you're not doing well uh in a final and plays on you. And he basically uh, reached out to one of our uh, therapists and uh, we were able to help him. And long story short, you know, he was able to process that failure in a positive way and his sales increased, right? So we have written testimonials from this gentleman uh, for this particular pharmaceutical company where he was able to essentially become the best in the quarter uh, last year because of, you know, the tools that were given to him. So as simple as that, like it's, uh, it's all in the mind. And if you know how to deal with your mind, you can actually improve. Um, Manjula, maybe you can tell us a bit about the social challenges from a blue-collar perspective as well. 
a company that employs a large, large numbers of uh, blue collar workers can make sure that right basics are provided. Now, they do not ask for too much. But whatever little is provided, please make sure that the living accommodations are standard. Air conditioning is good. If you have kitchens, make sure that nutritious food is being prepared. Or if they are cooking themselves, teach them, sit with them and explain to them. It doesn't mean you have to spend crazy money. Make sure that with your limited funds, good food is uh, being cooked and eaten. And then we come to transporting them in buses. Let's give them a good ride. It's not really too much to ask. Pay them wages on time again. And when they come back to their camps, maybe uh, they have been with their peers and, you know, they come back full of uncertainties about their own employment or fears about the paranoia about the pandemic, a fear of losing their jobs, fear of falling sick. What about the food that has to be put on the table back home? So there are a lot of issues that one can, as an employer, address. Because uh, once you have a happy employee, it's, it's a win-win because he's going to give his best. He's going to put his best foot forward. And that to me is a win-win for all. Yes, definitely, definitely. Tatiana, would you like to add anything here as well? We always make a difference between the employee, for example, in a bank and then the janitors and then um, and we will apply different rules. So, for example, why do we look at investing into, you know, uh, education or uh, transformation and enabling people to grow within their careers in a bank or in a school? Why are we not doing this, for example, with blue collars? Why are we not helping them grow? Maybe they have hidden talents. Maybe they have passions. They have incredible capabilities. So I think it's very, very important to really give the same opportunities to everyone and look into regulations within companies to look at employees the same way, independently of what kind of job they have when they start. Couldn't agree more. So how can we really quantify and collect the data around these social factors so that then companies can move on to you know, making that impact? Sarmad, maybe you can start us off here. So we conduct uh, surveys, we have a burnout detection app, and we do, you know, uh, randomized surveys uh, with people. Anyone who's willing to come forward, of course, we encourage that too. Some some employees are so happy and they're willing to like sort of talk about it that, hey, uh, you know, I'm the executive chairman or, hey, I'm the bank teller and I use the service and it was uh, great. So that always encourages people. But in general, we have these mechanisms where people can report on their well-being anonymously. And that's a way that we measure improvement. Then we have these like uh, burnout detection techniques, et cetera. Uh, throughout an organization, which again also tell us that, you know, department X or person Y is, is getting better. So yeah, we, we do have these measurement techniques to ensure that productivity, engagement, attrition, all of these things are improving within an organization. Okay, so it's really a lot of self-assessment questionnaires and reports, yeah. really. Uh, Tatiana, would you like to share your experience here as well? You cannot do this superficially. Uh, you need to have someone within the company. Of course, this is related to the HR more than other sectors, but it's something that needs specific attention. You need to have people in charge within the company. It can also be a voluntary role. You can have, you know, champions within the company that would say, this is something I want to help with. And again, you can empower people within uh, your group. So definitely tools and time. 
Thank you, Tatiana. Um, so we've covered the challenges and we've covered the reporting aspect. So let's move on to discussing the solutions now. So I know Gumbuk, Saya Health and Smart Life Foundation all have some very interesting and popular social solutions for companies. So maybe you can each take us briefly through one of your most impactful solution and the benefits it can have for a company. So Tatiana, if you can begin. Yes, so as I mentioned at the beginning, we started uh, as an environmental um, enterprise more than social. And we realized how impactful it was in people to connect with nature, taking them to, to the desert, but also planting mangroves, doing a cleanup, understanding how important is the sea, the marine environment, how we're impacting it. Somehow people then go back home, they've learned something. They didn't know that maybe we have dugongs in the UAE, that we have beautiful turtles, that we have corals that need protection. And somehow they feel they have a role, that they can do something, and that empowers them as well. Yes, definitely. I think the environmental and social factors really work. Uh, they're quite interlinked and they definitely work better together. Manjula, moving on to you, you also have some very impactful blue-collar social programs. So could you tell us a bit more about those and their, the benefits that you've seen that come with those? About Smart Life that works with the blue-collar space, we have a fantastic project called Adopt a Labor Camp. You come to us, we give you a labor camp, a most needy, most deserving labor camp. You go sit with them, find out their needs. Don't go by what we are saying. You go sit with them, have a cup of tea with them, find out their needs, become their friend. That's adopt a labor camp. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, brilliant then. So we're moving on to my final question. So obviously these social programs are an investment in both time and in money, of course, and uh, maybe not in the case of uh, Smart Life Foundation. Uh, but what would you say is the return on that investment? Our measure is the smiles on happy faces, the joy that we see as our uh, projects empower them. And we sleep well at night for the simple reason that our investment has already started giving us good accrued benefits because we make them happy, they make us happy in return. Hence, there are many avenues except that the calculation part differs. We do it with smiles. That's really inspiring. And the work that all of you are doing is quite inspiring indeed. So thank you all very much for your time. Uh, we've covered a lot. Hopefully there have been some really useful insights that have come out of this discussion and insights that the listeners can hopefully pursue in their own businesses. So yeah, thank you all for your contribution. That's it for this edition of HSBC Business Editions. Subscribe now to be updated with our latest episodes. We look forward to welcome you to the next episode.